0: what's up and welcome to difficulty class a podcast about all things dungeons and dragons i'm one of your hosts ali deichman and with me this week is
1: trevor bettis
0: that's right and this week we'll be talking about mia players and in-game consequences so trevor how are your games this week
1: uh, it was fun. Um, it was one of those games where I expected a big fight to happen, and they beat the ever-loving crap out of it, and it was <laughs> hilarious. Um, we uh, actually, what's funny, this is going to come up later in the MIA player thing, but uh, I, I had to like kind of backtrack a little bit to see where a player who wasn't there last session wouldn't have been, because I had this opportunity for them to make everything go wrong. Ah. <laughs> 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 so uh had that I, I, I found a way to make that opportunity happen again. Didn't happen. I was very sad. Oh. Um and uh also uh I now made one of the characters from the Descent into a book have the voice of the drifter from Destiny. So if anyone knows how that sounds, I was doing that voice for about a half hour. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I've actually been doing a lot of voices lately. Yeah. I don't, think- I don't Y- you really yeah, I don't usually do that, but I I've been like really enjoying doing the voices. Maybe it's something about talking into a mic and making me wanted to just be a, a wannabe voice actor. Um. <laughs> but, uh. but yeah, so we did that, but the fight was in war machines. Cause like I said, they finally got their big ass mad max war machine. And I was like, Oh, we got to have a fight. So I put in one of the encounters that they had and the golden pals, golden pals, the shit out of that. <laughs> They, right. they were like, hey, is this stuff that we bought earlier flammable? Yeah, cool. I'm tying it to the harpoon on here. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the other, then, I, but I was like in my head, I'm like, oh, well, the war machines are invulnerable to fire. So eh, whatever. Then my sister was like, okay, I'm going to shoot the harpoon. And she rolled a crit. And I had already described that every member of this war machine was poking their head out of the war machine. (laughs) (laughs) She killed like half the crew in that one crit. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they they killed pretty much everyone except for the driver who eventually gave up and uh, they surrounded and dragged out of the war machine. And now they have another employee for their future tavern in hell.
0: Oh, I thought you were just going to say <laughs> they have
1: two war machines, but that's better. They do Oh, they do have two war machines, one of which they've decided will be the tavern.
0: Oh, okay, that's fun. <laughs> they're
1: going They're going to put a tavern on war machine wheels just speeding around hell. <laughs> with with demons controlling it who are now in their service. <laughs>
0: oh my god, I love it.
1: And uh and yeah, so that that was that was that Saturday morning cartoon, how are your games? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we had a couple of games. So, on Wednesday, my Neverwinter group they uh just pretty much cleared out the Mountain's Toe gold mine. Um, for those of you that have played the Essentials kit, you know, you know where that's at. That's just north of Phandalin, essentially. And mm-hmm. the white dragon that is on Ice Spire Peak, he has a invested interest, not necessarily in the mine, but um, in who was in it. Uh, he was apparently looking for Don John Raskin, the man who owns the mine. Uh, Mr. Raskin, he also is like the top uh, expert in all things uh, ore and everything in Ice Spire Peak and the surrounding area. And this white dragon has an Interest in him uh, for a particular reason that I won't exactly spoil right here. But he had been the white dragon had been trailing uh, the players who had been trying to like escort Raskin and the 10 other miners that were coming from the mine back to Phandalin to safety of some sort. And this whole time they've been using uh, the magnificent mansion just to hide away at night. Mm And when... oh, oh
1: yeah, I, I, for, I forgot one of my players used, he has the tower thing where you can just you oh, throw yeah. this thing out and it builds a giant tower. He's had that on him for almost like three months and just used it for the first time and everyone was like, what?
0: You've had this this whole time?
1: <laughs> and he's like, I've told you all my house is on my back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. And so, like they've been hiding out in this in this uh, mansion, and then when they come out, they discover there's an intense, di- like really thick fog, and a very spooky, just billowing blizzard that's just blinding everything, and you can't hear, and coming out from, like the the. Essentially, they're in the eye of, like, this blizzard that's happening. And just mm-hmm. approaching into visibility, you see just the jaw of the white dragon, which is as big as a person. Oh. And, oh, that's terrifying. And he pretty much, like, started the whole thing by saying, come out, wizard. I wish to speak with you. Referring to our bard who cast the spell.
2: <laughs> because <laughs> um,
0: before they had also used uh, Lonan, who's their raven. And the white dragon kind of assumed that the raven was her familiar because so far all he's seen come easily in and out of this mansion has been her and this raven, even though that's been on purpose because the group saw that the dragon was flying about. And there was a great line that uh, Robert gave. He's like, I uh, come back in from scouting outside because he went outside invisible with his invisible ring and his flying broomstick. And he's like, guys, shuts the door we're being hunted and it was like this really (laughs) cool moment where they all realized like oh we are not in control of the situation anymore (laughs) (laughs) and so uh twyla the bard came out and she's like okay i'm listening what do you want and he and that's when the dragon was saying like here's the deal give me don john raskin and you all live and my players were like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't just give up a civilian to a white dragon. That's just that's just." Really I mean, he's bad. got way
1: too cool a name to be given up like that. I Don mean. John
0: Raskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> they're like, okay, how about this? Counter offer. Uh, no. And he's like, all right, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll kill you, all of you. And they're like, okay, well, hang on. <laughs> and then my group did this beautiful moment of just a half hour of, okay, guys, this is a bad idea, but, and everyone gave a bad idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then everyone gave their bad idea. And then it came to Don John Raskin. And he's like, all right, listen, I have a bad idea. And he's like, what if I actually <laughs> do go with the dragon and you all keep an eye on my ass and make sure I'm fine. Cause you've got the magics that can help me out with that. Cause they've, seen it they've actively cast sending this whole time and like scrying and everything
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so they're like you know what that might be our best plan right now and so Don John Raskin goes out with Twyla and Saphir and they're like okay listen you're gonna get Don John Raskin but you have to swear that you're not gonna raise the town and the white dragon just kind of smiled at them and said no that was not the deal the deal is you hand over Donjon Raskin and you live. <laughs> and Raskin just kind of looks at him. He's like shrugs. <laughs> and eventually Raskin goes with the white dragon. And the group is thrown. And I as the DM and thrown because I was expecting my group <laughs> to throw hands and like just... <laughs> <laughs> Battle the White Dragon. I had a whole plan just in case they were gonna fight the White Dragon and everything, but they didn't. They they talked it out. I had no intention of having Raskin go with this White Dragon until everyone was going around in a circle saying, "Here's a bad idea," and I'm like, "You know what? I can. I just. I I just now came up with this bad idea. Let's see if they can roll with it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that was that was a lot of fun. It was a very intense scene and just the blizzard just making everything even more intense with it and not being able to hear or see. And the fact that it's like, if we don't get these people to safety, they're all going to die. And on top of that, knowing for a fact that there is a huge cult of the dragon threat just above their heads and that they're going to have to go there to not only save Don, John Raskin, but also figure out what the fuck this white dragon is doing. That requires Don, Mm just Don, John Raskin's expertise. (laughs) that's a whole Say that five of. times yes. I know I just I keep calling him just Mr. Raskin because that was a lot easier in game Mr. Raskin um <laughs> don't ask me why he's you know got a country accent on
2: <laughs> um
0: and so that that was a lot of fun it was a good intense kind of moment for everyone um it was a fun I like that. break I, lo-
1: I loved I, lo- I love tension moments that don't have combat in mm-hmm. it I think those are some of the most fun <laughs> yeah
0: but, um, and, and then we, uh, on Saturday we played Pathfinder too. And that was, that was quite a lot of fun. We pretty much, sadly, we didn't get to do too much. Cause, uh, Spencer and my, our internet's like really mucked up right now. And uh, so, yeah. uh, we didn't really get a chance to even get into roll 20 too well. <laughs> <laughs> um mm. but it was a it was a big travel episode essentially uh, we left the city and we're trying to go find this order of people that knows the secrets underneath the castle and
2: uh Ooh. We're,
0: we're now in the I'm desert scared. which is like hilarious because sharon Del, uh spencer's character is a desert elf and he's like, I mm-hmm. have desert lore proficiency. I had no idea I would use that in this city game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I vividly remember laughing about that. Yeah. It's like, I'm picking the most useless lore for a city campaign. And here we are. And
0: here we are, <laughs> him using it. And we're like, Sharondale, how do we survive? And he's like, I know just the thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect.
0: But yeah, that, that, was, that was our game.
1: Nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, uh, let's uh, let's move over into uh, some broadsheets, and currently there are none of them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty much.
0: um, (laughs) They they've sent out the promo packages for the uh, Icewind Dale book and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Oh my! People have gotten this scarf that is a map of Icewind Dale, and I want it so badly. Oh, what! It looks so good. (sighs) Wizards, we're we're cool. We got a podcast. Like,
1: you can send us scarves. I I know we're in like, San Diego, which doesn't really need it. scarf weather. Yeah, I just I would like one of those. I have a blanket now that has all of Water Deep on uh, it. Oh you got one too. <laughs> I did t- I got it. <laughs> it came in the other day. It was so um, <laughs> soft. I was not expecting it to be that soft.
0: soft. It was nice. Uh li-
1: listeners, if you haven't yet, uh I mean it is very like right now news, but like hey if uh, you uh, go check out Spirits, they got a lot of D and D stuff which is a lot of fun uh but uh but yeah. you know pulling back the curtain a little bit we're recording very early in the week <laughs> no yeah, news has fault. come out <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine um yeah no news has come out and uh it, you know but you know i'll tell you this if anything big happens it's going to be spliced in right here
0: and if not did you not hear anything continue right along you- yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you didn't hear anything, then nothing happened and we're just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh the <laughs> the we got nothing for dungeon keeping uh but uh we'll we'll do some champion's loot. Uh so uh we'll just get into that. This week's Champion Loot Code, which I'm totally recording at the same time as the rest of the episode and not at all recording it later because we recorded so early that I didn't have the code yet and have to record it alone without Allie here. Ali's totally here. She, you, you can, she, she just doesn't want to talk. That's all there is. Anywho, the code this week is W-H-I-D-C-U-E-S-W-A-F-E. F. put that code in on any of the numerous platforms that idol champions is available on and get a free gold chest on us and then take a screenshot and tweet it to us at difficulty class because we want to see what you get getting those purples getting those shinies and kicking evil's butt all right now that that's over with let's get into our first topic and our first topic is mia players correct is that what we yes. decided on <laughs>
0: mia players and for those that don't recognize the the, the term or the abbreviation. Or think it's the singer we're talking about? Missing an action, players. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, the 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 times where you know it, one or more players can't join, but you still got enough to to run a game and have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know about you, but when I first started DMing, I was very much of the opinion that all players needed to be there for the story to progress.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah do f-
1: you have that yeah, yeah i feel that i i i if anyone missed it became a free game where we just we still played but we didn't do the story we just did you know like i i had in fourth edition i had this awesome book of dungeon delving and so i would just come with that um and back then in fourth edition though it was also more irritating because like i'd have to prep like tiles and monsters and stuff mm. <laughs> so I'd, i i i got more un uh, like irrationably angry about people canceling well, yeah. than well, you i do bring now bring a
0: suitcase full of items <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to five yeah. people showing up and being there it's yeah i can be frustrated
1: <laughs> yeah and and, uh, and i mean like i'm not saying like that's a thing that doesn't happen today with rpgs like i know people have tiles they got you know monster tokens and all that stuff um and i think that's one reason why now like i definitely continue even if a majority of the players can't make it uh my my rule right now is is if three people can make it we'll play
0: yeah i think it's it's just a matter of finding the right ratio in your group because like if you have um, one. Two, I've got five people in my group, and if, like two people can't make it. Yeah, we'll play. But like, if more than two can't make it, pretty much majority. If if there's if the ratio is still high enough, then yeah, it's fine. We can still play.
1: Yeah, uh, I um like I we have six players right now so yeah i guess it is also a half but like just kind of in, uh, my main rule normally with any group is if three people can make it we'll play um two players i think i've done it before but like it's it, like it always ends up with like them be like i don't know if i want to make decisions for the entire group <laughs> yeah that is a
0: huge point um yeah, no, I totally get that because my players will often enough tell me that they don't want to play that day because they're like, well, we're kind of at a point where I'd, we want to get like the whole group deciding on things. Oh, okay. Or even they'll say like, I personally don't know what to do here and I'd rather know what other people do. And sometimes we find ourselves texting the other person like, hey, this is this context. <laughs> What's your input? Because <laughs> it's just my that's the way my, my group works. They They really like to kind of work with everyone in there I've
1: done that a few times where but it, it was mainly like some sort of plot thing that I could uh expedite happening if one of the players chose to do something so I would text them and be like hey if you were in this situation would you do it okay cool and then I would then I just had it where it's like all right Herc uh, do, uh, does this mm-hmm. um and I tell them that I checked with the player before doing it um but yeah, the, the, like going back to the all players got to be there thing, like that changed for me because I was talking to someone uh, at some point about, you know, running games and everything. And he was telling me about how like, oh, yeah, you know, my group's very relaxed. It's very like drop in, drop out sort of thing. I'm like, how do you do that with the plot though? <laughs> like everybody's got to be there for the story. And he looks at me like, okay, dude, if you're stopping the story because one person can't be there, uh, the story isn't happening for everyone else, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just that one player who the story's not happening for, it's everyone who the story's not happening for. Yeah. So, if you want to take forever to get through a storyline because everyone can't be there, that's cool. But, like, you don't necessarily have to have everyone there for the story to continue. Yeah. And I, and I, And that was kind of like one of those glass shattering moments like on How I Met Your Mother was like, oh, my God, I see everything in a different light now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like on the other hand of that, if you are the type of DM that uh, meticulously calculates the difficulty of an encounter and determines it to a thing or you're a brand new DM and you can barely put together an encounter and it's only because you know for a fact there's going to be this many people there then it's like 100% if you're, if you're in that position of I saying I, I, I plan for this and you guys are literally about to start a fight. I can't play because I can't redo this off the top of my head. Yeah. And like that's 100% understandable. That. And like mm-hmm. I've done that literally. Like it's been like, okay, guys, this was a boss fight. Um, You all would get murdered if these two people weren't here um especially since one of them is your active healer. So I'm afraid we can't really play the next part of the the game tonight. And they'll be like, oh, "Okay, now that you've told us, <laughs> you know, understandable. Okay, yeah, sure."
1: <laughs> or or you could be like me who made an encounter designed for four level 11s and two level 6s and then two of the level 11s can't make it that night and you go, "Oh no. Eh, I'll just leave it like it is."
0: Yeah. I mean like now that <laughs> I'm kind of a more experienced dm and we've talked about this when it comes to um making up like encounters on the fly um i'm able to adjust things a lot more easily like there was this point in the when they were all in the abyss and one of my players couldn't make it and he was like not only the tank but he was also a pretty big healer and uh So we're like, okay, well, they're in the Abyss. Um, This is kind of a boss fight. I was going to have two Death Knights in there that was going to be summoned through the Wand of Orcus. Um, But instead, I'll have one and one Nightwalker come in. And it's like, because I kind of have that experience as a DM to be able to improvise my way through an encounter, I I was able to easily do that. But I could totally understand that if I wasn't an experienced DM able to do that, that whole boss fight would have been... Just completely put aside. <laughs> like we'll do that next yeah. week, guys. But yeah, that's right. Definitely, if that's um, a, I, that's a very valid option.
1: I I think one of the I think one of the things that I want to ask mainly for uh other people's perception perspectives is like what do you do with that character if they're not there if the player is not there what do you do with mm-hmm. their character?
0: That is the main question, right? I think like a lot of people do it differently, um, and a lot mm-hmm. of people have different opinions on this personally uh my group has kind of decided that it's an omniscient kind of position where it's like yeah if the group is all together uh that character is quote there but uninteractable with like you can't talk with them you can't depend on them for spells they also can't get attacked they also can't get hurt um Mm -hmm. it's Basically, the player isn't there to make the character decisions, and so no one else is going to make that decision for them. Um, yep. And that's kind of how I play it. Uh, there's been literal times where <laughs> we joke about it because, uh, like, Marcos, my buddy, missed a session, and we were playing a boss fight. And his character had half the health of everyone else. And in that boss fight, there were two fireballs and a cone of cold, and we're like, dude because you missed that session your character survived
2: <laughs> <laughs> legitimately
0: otherwise you would have been yeah. super dead and he's, he's I, I like have, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: i I've had one uh one of my favorite times with that as a player couldn't make it and the party ended up getting arrested and because of that uh his character wasn't arrested mm-hmm. I actually had written it I was just like oh no no you're over here uh and so like they were able to do uh start the beginning of an escape plan because he wasn't in jail and that was actually (laughs) one of the most fun sessions we ever had (laughs) Um, yeah but yeah i I, I usually do the whole uh...
0: afterwards yeah i mean
1: i can see i could see a problem with that but like like, the, the way that I've always looked at it, like, this is such a silly way to look at it, is is Lost, the, the, the TV show everyone hates. Um, oh, like, there were episodes where it's like, oh, no, we're still on the same island, we're still in the same camp, but you didn't see Hurley this entire episode, but Hurley's still there. And so, like, that's just how I operate. I'm just like, they're still here, you're just not seeing them right now. Mm-hmm. They just faded into the background of the scene. Um, And most of the time when like the next session comes around like we just catch them up on what happened and just go from there like i've never really had any speed bump on that that i can think of besides forgetting to mention something here or there about the last session
0: yeah i think like it's really has to be approached on a case-by-case basis especially it's like because you can't have them go back and retroactively play the whole session yeah in the previously on (laughs) portion of the next session so it's like you have to kind of as a dm decide okay what are key moments that uh wouldn't affect the outcome but could affect yeah. where this character is at
1: yeah the uh like like i said in the higher games this week um uh one of the players couldn't make it last week and so when he showed up this uh this session i asked him like okay um you know these two went and checked out this store this guy went and checked out this store and these two went and talked to this person who would you have gone with mm hmm and so he just picked from from that list, and I was like, okay, that informs me where you are right now. And so I just dropped him right there, and we just proceeded as normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, like for me, it's it feels like it's the just having that omniscient, like you're there, but you're you're you don't get to make any choices. Is I think that's mm-hmm. just personally, it's worked out the best for me because we've tried a couple other ways, and it's just it doesn't really work out that great. But that could be it's just because yeah. it's for us, but um and so you do very similar thing then where you pretty much just say like they're there but they're not there like you're saying like lost yeah okay so
1: yeah the uh oh sorry good
0: i was gonna say because there are several other options that people have recommended
1: uh, i want to hear these because i i know of a few of them but i don't like them
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> um one of the one that's like most recommended weirdly to me is like choosing another player who can just play missing the missing character.
1: Mm. oh, I've done that uh, when when Tara couldn't make it to a couple games of old old years ago first edition Pathfinder, I did that a couple times-hmm
0: And it's like for me I'm like ah, that 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 seems almost like as far as the encounter building aspect of it goes that works out because then you still have the same action economy that you planned out for as a DM. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you just needed another person to be that body and to be able to swing that sword or heal that person that works out just fine. But like, if you are in the middle of like negotiations with a King or with an opposing force, it's like having another, all of a sudden that can really tip the scales, especially if the players are like, Oh, well, I mean like, we think this character would do this, but it would really benefit us if, if they do it a different way. And like Mm -hmm. that kind of worries me because that, again, it takes away the agency of the original player of of what they intended for their characters. Or like sometimes there's character moment growths where it's like character growth moments where it's like, actually this has been my way this whole time, but I'm going to go against it because I think it's time. And it's like, that happens. And yeah, having another character or having another player play another player's character is kind of like taking away that moment or opportunity.
1: Well, it's, it's not just that, but like in, in a role play heavy group, like if you're into this game for purely combat and you don't role play at all and you, I mean, I guess you mainly play it like a board game. Like, yeah, you can swap characters willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like I, I think it, like I like thinking back on like would I control another person's uh, character at the table? I'm like, oh no, it feels dirty. I, yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that. Also, like like even just mechanically, when we were playing First Edition Pathfinder, I hated it because then I had to. No, two completely different classes because I was handling a fighter and a swashbuckling rogue, <laughs> and didn't know how to play one of them, and so then had to spend a bunch of time figuring out how to play them while I should have been figuring out what my character was going to do. So it just became a headache. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I do. I do not. I'm not a fan of that solution. I. I don't. I wouldn't want someone controlling mine, or I wouldn't want to control someone else's character mm-hmm. and take away anything of that for them that's ooh no yeah
0: um another way that people recommend is uh in short splitting up the party so like it's an external hmm. reason as to why a character would just suddenly leave like if you're in a dungeon it would be like a trap door would just open up or like <laughs> it's 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 that kind of thing where it's like there's an actual real world reason as to why this happened once um way back when in in fourth edition i remember uh our buddy eric couldn't make a session but the previous session we ended literally uh right before this hallway of traps and the dm described him as falling into a pit and then we carried on and i'm like why did why did we carry on we would have held him out of the pit And like two sessions later, when our friend was able to join us again, um, he enters the situation by bursting through a wall covered in rats, just screaming, you left me. (laughs) 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 Um, His was the type of character that was like, there are no doors, only walls. (laughs) or There are no walls, only doors. (laughs) And so it was like, that was expected, but we wouldn't have just left him. And so it's like those. (laughs) Yeah. Those kind of things. And and that's kind of like, like, uh, I don't know about it.
1: That's kind of my big thing about like why I just have them fade into the background of the scene is because anything else feels weird for me personally, mm-hmm. where it's like, if I did just have them go away for a story reason, that's become the story for that session. I know my players, they don't just walk away yeah. from one of their own getting kidnapped or falling down a trap or something like that. They're like, all right, here's the current situation. Screw everything else. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, that kind of easily... Yeah, don't, I us. don't want to
1: give them that opportunity to get distracted.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that leads us into like the next thing that people would recommend is like make the story actually be about the missing character. Like, this is really oh, good that, for... that
1: take up so much time. Yeah, it would
0: take up a lot of time, and you, you basically might as well have played a one-shot or something else entirely if you couldn't have played yeah. with that character because all of a sudden, it's like, if a character goes missing, and I mean character for no reason, then all of a sudden, it's a detective at, like shot yeah. <laughs> and so you have to figure out what happened to them there's a story behind it and uh it's it really is just a side quest to explain a real life thing and it, it, if you're if you're comfortable with one just improvising a whole mystery on the fly you've probably read a lot of mystery books and good for you uh <laughs> non-sarcastically that's a, that's a good thing That yeah no
1: seriously like that's i'm very jealous of that skill i've i've seen dms do that and i am astounded mm-hmm.
0: um but it's other than if you, if you don't have that skill, it's really difficult to make up a, an actual mystery and have it be more than just like a couple steps, because this has to last the entire time that your player is missing. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, oh, and then what if they come back the next session and they still didn't solve it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love the idea they're like that uh they're they're all just standing around like, all right, what does this clue mean where where could our friend be? And the friend just walks up behind him eating an apple
2: <gasps> what, what are you guys
0: doing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's going on there?
0: And he just went shopping. No, I was just so
1: I was in the pantry yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um I think the last thing that I've seen going around is where the DM plays the character almost like an npc. Um uh, mm-hmm. and I I think I've, I think Critical Role kind of embraces this a little bit especially with Matt playing oh, like, really? uh Yasha and everything. Um but they have heavily established and I believe it's like definitely been said before that um I think her name is Ashley. God, I'm really terrible. I don't watch Critical Role. I'm Ashley sorry. Johnson? Yeah. Um Yeah. She plays the barbarian and because she is someone who is an actor and works, she's not there a lot. And she was in fact doing this Mm -hmm. whole show where she was gone for like a whole story arc. Um, But I believe that they had like an incredible sense of communication while she was gone to let Mercer pretty much take over her character as an NPC Mm. while she was gone because she was going to be gone for quite some time. And like okay. I- I- if you have that sense of communication with each other, I feel like that is totally a viable option. Um, because then you can express what you want your character to do and your wishes and the story beats that you want to hit. And the DM mm-hmm. can really easily work with you with that too.
1: That okay. I like you're you're making me think now because I'm like, okay, that's that's an interesting way of doing it, talking about like how Matt did it with with Ashley Johnson. Um I like how I just said Matt, like I've f- Freaking know him I don't (laughs) um but uh because like Tara hasn't been playing uh with Golden Pals for a while she just wanted to take a step back from gaming I'm like that's totally fine um and but we have her character there and I I told her I'm just like your character is still going to be there so whenever you come back you're you're still in the story but uh like I did have some storyline ideas to present to her so maybe what I'll do is I'll talk to her about those and have them in the game, and just have Leah be, you know, similar to an NPC there, where she's there, she's with the group, but I, I'm the one that's orchestrating her storyline and stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, we we I've had uh, DMs do that before, where they controlled the a character, but it's again it's again going back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like playing someone else's character is. It, it's you're not going to come off the same no matter what yeah. like um like a gm for pathfinder controlled somebody's wizard and it played it completely different from how they normally did it and like i i even had like char like comments on a few times where i was just like hey you were different last week <laughs> um but uh yeah so i like with with the situation where you know the person you have an understanding of the character i could see that and doing it for story purposes working out but i think for the most part like as far as i will go for a session controlling quote unquote someone's character is only if the healer is missing if the healer is missing I will, if everybody's getting too down and low, and I know that Dagri would have healed them 10 times over by now, I'll give them a heal and just say, the healer did it. Yeah. And that's that's as far as I will go with it, Um, because most of the time I just really don't like doing it.
0: Yeah. And, like, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, too, with the whole, like, being able to improvise encounters. And it's like, well, this encounter ended up being a little too tough because a certain, like, party role was missing in particular. Yeah. And, and having, you don't realize how much your, your group kind of depends on not necessarily a single healer or a single striker, or what have you, but just on the dynamic of the entire party mm-hmm. is reliant on everyone kind of being there. You don't realize that until someone is missing during a big encounter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, like a, like a big, uh, a social scene or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that does lead to some fun opportunities. Like if your bard who has all the charisma is like missing in action um then Mm. your paladin who has like all right charisma but he's all about you know the realities of uh death and that we should all accept it and just live in the moment it's and he likes to remind people of that constantly when he opens in conversations it's like maybe (laughs) maybe we shouldn't have him talk and like the party realizes (laughs) this as he's talking and they're like oh no what have we done (laughs) (laughs) so it leads to fun moments but um yeah yeah, it's it's the whole NPC uh concept should be used really when there's a lot of trust between players and yeah. DM. Like we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Um that trust between there that you that they'll be able to handle the character in the way that you'd like mm-hmm. them to and that you can trust that the DM whatever happens to your character is going to end up with a good story. Yeah. And not just for you exactly. but for like the other players too, so. But Pretty much just handle it with care. Uh, Try out Mm -hmm. a few different ways. If you find yourself as a new DM and you're like, yeah, I I have a player that uh, can't quite make it every now and then because of life or because it's just difficult to schedule everyone at once. Like, test out different ways to go about it. Um, Trevor and I both have success with the uh, they're not there lost technique. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really kind of the loosest, easiest way to go. Um the only time yeah. that it gets a little difficult is if you had planned out an encounter. Um, that's yes, when it kind of peaks was, up.
1: Yeah, if you were like planning like okay, this person's story plots getting pulled in during this conversation scene. Oh, they're not there for that. Yeah. yeah. That that one gets into that one gets a little difficult, but I've always I've always ended up finding ways to reintroduce that later. Mhm. Like even if it's just like that—that that important NPC was like, "Oh, I actually didn't recognize you last time. I know who you are."
0: It's the whole <laughs> Skyrim like wait, that. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's pretty much what all I have to say. Is just give them give him a shot, give each different one a try, and see what works for your group the best.
1: Agreed. Alright, we're going to move over into our DC Spotlight for this week, and we're going back over to the DM's Guild for this one. Uh, our, our our awesome friends, Justice Armin and Anthony Joyce, along with a bunch of other awesome people yeah. who we have not had the uh, pl- pleasure yet of speaking with, created Darkhold Secrets of the Zentarum. And uh, the, a lot of these uh, uh, content creators and whatnot are the same people that made uh, the Candlekeep one, the, the Elminster's Guide to Candlekeep, mm-hmm. which was... Is phenomenal, and they followed it up a few months later with another supplement that is just as in depth. Yeah, way to with them some... out, guys, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like and the maps in here again are astounding, and they again had Ed Greenwood to talk to about this, so they got the original Forgotten Realms Faerun lore, uh you know, in there because the creator of it talked to them about mm-hmm. it. Um I this was a day one purchase for me cuz I was really excited about it. we we actually talked we 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 uh we talked with Justice about this a, a, a while ago and I was so excited from the get go cuz I have a, an area of my plot that has the Zentarum in it they don't they, like they haven't come up yet but like I I'm got this as like a study guide I'm like oh I'm yeah. going to know everything by the time we get there um Oh yeah so yeah I I'm I'm astounded with this thing I mean
0: like the Zentarum were kind of heavily established, also I believe in um, Tyranny of Dragons, and but they weren't really kind of gone through. <laughs> they were just kind of like mm-hmm. they're here, <laughs> and so it's like if you really kind of built up out of that campaign, you can really build off of those story beats with this uh, supplement. It'll really help you yes. out with that.
1: Also, uh, uh, Dragon Heist Water or Waterdeep Dragon Heist. If you're playing that one, I highly recommend picking this up because there's a few things in here that tie to that, and it is very interesting to see what uh, the connections you could do with the stuff that's in this supplement Mm -hmm. with that campaign book. Um, so yeah, it's full color, uh, 112 pages, 112 pages, man. That's freaking awesome! (laughs) Yeah, man, yeah, they they ain't messing around. Uh, and, and like I said, they, they've got, they got so much in here. There's so many bullet points. I'm not, I can't even read them cause there's just, it's, it's too much stuff. It's too much stuff to go through <laughs> and list out. Um, but, uh, I highly recommend you go check it out. It's 14.95 and it is fully worth that price for everything that went into creating this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll tweet it out in the appropriate areas and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check out Darkhold Secrets of the Zentarum and, uh, you know, screw up your, uh, your party's plans <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's do topic number two which is consequences mm-hmm. in game
0: consequences
1: <laughs> in game consequences yeah we wanted to we wanted to uh differentiate that because we were worried that people would be like uh players uh, not being there and the consequences yeah. of that <laughs> Because that, I, I, that's something that we actually didn't talk about during that topic is there are some DMs that I've heard of that have consequences for that player not being there.
0: Yeah, it's very similar to the whole like what I mentioned earlier with like splitting the party where they're like, oh, yeah, no, your, your character like passed out or it's like, oh, yeah, it's like something really terrible happened. People would come back and their character would be in jail people would come back and their character would be like missing an eye. And it's like, well, well, how did this happen? Don't do that. And like the DM would explain, Oh, well your character got into a brawl and they, uh, got into the brawl with the wrong people. And all of a sudden they're in jail and missing an eye. And it's like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like if, if I came back to the table and that happened, I'd be like, so this isn't my character anymore. Um, (laughs) like I apparently have no, I don't have full control over it. So screw it. Yeah. Um, but at, what the, this topic is actually going to be is about your players choosing to do things in game and the consequences that can come up of them, and, i.e. my favorite thing to do. <laughs> 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 um,
0: I will say we brought this up before once briefly when we talked about playing D&D with kids. Um, yeah. It's one of the like top things that you should consider as a DM if you are playing with kids because kids come up with the wildest freaking ideas that you could you couldn't even imagine and yup. a lot of times they aren't appropriate ideas or they aren't good moral aligned ideas and <laughs> instead of just like running with them consider the idea that this is a this is a world where people have their own agency and they have their own beliefs and there could be consequences for acting in such a way <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh like sure these guys are the protagonists in this story so to speak but i mean think about movies where you've seen heroes act totally like jackasses and people are like wow you're being a dick
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. like
0: sure they get to carry on because they're the protagonist but there are people that react and let them know
1: yeah uh the the consequences has been one of my favorite things to do since i actually played the star wars rpg that i'm always talking Mm -hmm. about um and the reason for that is because i like i like i've said so many times i didn't go into any session with a plan except for the end um so i i always let them do whatever they want i was you know I'm big old Star Wars nerd. I know everything about the the galaxy. You, so you can confident. just do whatever. <laughs> yeah, i was so confident. And I hey, I ran a whole campaign of it. I'm um, you know, there's that. Um, I didn't say it was but, confident, uh, not
0: do, but you know, you 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh so at the end though, cuz uh, we ended it because uh people were moving away. They we had people in the navy and the navy's like, "Hey, you're having fun. Get the fuck out." Um <laughs> So we decided that we were going to end it. And so what I decided to do was think back on everything they had done and find a way to build an entire end story around the consequences of the choices they made over the last six months. <laughs> and I, I did that. Like, I, I created a villain who was connected to someone that they fucked over. And then that villain uh, basically just uh, doxed them (laughs) and, like, found out everything they could about them, uh, got everyone that was ever pissed off by them, and uh, even, like, uh, found out that they were working with the Rebellion and uh, ratted that base out to the Empire. Like, I, yeah, like, I just, I had, like, literally the end of their story was everything crumbling and them like struggling to survive to get out of it in one piece. Ooh. And that was where I was like, dude, that was a shitload of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was like, that was awesome. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, like so that's the since... thing to remember is that the, the worlds you create are, are living worlds. They, yes. they will yes. react to what uh, the players plant. Like if the players plant, if they, if they sow seeds of discord, they will reap discord eventually. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and and that's that's the thing to consider if you're dming um D &D or any kind of rpg i feel too is that like depending on what the players do it will come back to hit them eventually and and that's the fun thing as a dm is that you get to decide when and how it hits them eventually (laughs)
1: Well, like, you know, we, we, we had Unadi from Three Black Halflings on here. And one of my favorite things that she, she has is suffer and learn. Like she said it once on this show, but like the I, I I agree with that where it's like sometimes the consequences that you have are going to make you suffer. But you're going to learn from that suffering yes. and what consequences came to fall you.
0: Mm-hmm. Like uh, something uh, that I love is whenever my my players are high level and they have access to teleport. Um, mm-hmm. they quickly realized how dangerous teleport can actually be.
2: <laughs> because uh, for, for
0: people that don't quite know, teleport is very much not a guaranteed immediate teleport, unless mm-hmm. you have a uh, teleportation circle. So it's like, okay, um, well, you're going across the entirety of the Sword Coast, so that's over 2,000 miles. You're going to a place that you've scried upon once, yeah, roll me that d100.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they
0: rolled, and it was a low mishap. And so, they didn't just teleport in the wrong direction, they also got shunted through space and time. And they took damage oh, Jesus. enough to take out like two of their pets. And they ended up on oh, the no. other side of a mountain from where they needed to be because they teleported so far of a diff- distance. Oh my god, and they're like oh, this was a mistake. And I'm like, maybe. (laughs) And so now because of that, like you were saying, suffer and learn, like they had to travel all the way up the mountain because they missed their teleport so hard. And they're like, okay, well, what if we just teleport out of here? It's like, well, we can't. Why? Because these people are civilians. They couldn't survive being shunted through space and time if we mess up. And so it's yeah. like they consider they take into consideration, like the consequences of that spell in case it doesn't go right. And they
1: because because that one time where it did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and it, it impacted them pretty well.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so some of my favorite stuff to do is actually put uh, characters from the from the story in early. Like I'll hide them in there. And, like, I'll mention them bumping into them or something like that. And, like, so many times they've just been like, oh, well, fuck you, dude. Uh, you, you bumped into me or some shit. I'm like, all right, now they're pissed at you. <laughs>
0: right. It's it's that uh, moment but, of, um, what's what, you know, the Walking Dead games and, like, the... Oh, Telltale? Yeah, the Telltale. Like, uh, yeah. this person will remember this. They'll remember this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just, I, I literally have sticky notes writing down just, like, oh, yeah, Raskin will remember this. And then I just write what he remembers and just like, it's a great way of just keeping track of like, oh yeah, what did the players piss off? Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, and and like the other fun thing about having a game going on for as long as we've had our games going on is that we can now start building storyline out of things that they've done or things that they have screwed over. Like Mm -hmm. uh, there's times where I'm like, oh, that's right. They did that thing with that person. So I could actually have that come into this plot line this way, and they already know why. They know, like, as soon as they all see him, they'll be like, shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because I think back on what my characters have done to people, and generally, they're pretty good to the people that they find. And then all of a sudden, they'll be like totally out of left field like harking on this person I'm like what and they're like oh no that's just me the player that's not my character at all I'm like oh okay okay <laughs> okay <laughs> but that that's just cuz yeah. like in the beginning I urged them like guys if you could do me a favor play characters that are generally good aligned and they're like okay and so they did and which I'm very happy that they kind of kept with it too <laughs> mm-hmm. but um that's just kind of made this this concept a lot easier for me cuz it it kept a lot less to track but There are so many opportunities for them to be just complete assholes to people. Like, they they visited Waterdeep, and it's like, oh, yeah, Um, like the bard's mom, she's a huge player in the Waterdeep politics. And Roland is dating the bard, and the mom is like, hmm, he's a human. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to live long, sweetie. Are you sure you want to do this? Is he really that smart? And she's like, yeah, oh, mom. My and she's like, so the mom like quizzes him and the dad grills Roland and Roland's just there sweating balls. And it's like, it's this great moment where the parents kind of have this weird animosity. Well, at least the mom does towards him, but the dad is like, fine. And so it's like, th- that's going to play out later when they go do the the water deep part of their campaign (laughs) Mm -hmm. because, uh, I think I mentioned it before when we were talking about bringing books into campaigns, like I'm going to bring the, the dragon heist into this Neverwinter game. And that's going to be a huge factor is how they treat these higher up echelon people when they come into this. Cause they haven't even met the black staff. Like that's a whole thing.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah the some of the other things that I like to do, like again, I have talked about before I have an MCU style oh, yeah. thing where everything's connected, but that also means that uh sometimes my current players suffer because of things other players did in different campaigns.
0: <laughs> well, it's a living world, right? So like if yeah. someone got, yeah. if someone was pissed off, they didn't stop being pissed off because it's a new campaign.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, like uh when when uh when they went to Chult during Storm King's Thunder, which is still a sentence. Um <laughs> like they uh walked in on uh Valindra trying to freaking gank Olin because he killed her along uh during the Tomb of Annihilation campaign. Mm-hmm. And so like I and now Valindra knows this group because they came in and saved him. Ooh. And now she's pissed at them. So, like, and, uh, like, another one uh, that is is very far off in the future. But, like, in our Curse of Strahd game, um, Spencer's character made a uh, decision to do a deal with this individual named Mrs. Fox. Mm-hmm. And that decision is going to have repercussions in a future campaign. Ooh. And I knew that when he did it
0: um i'm still sad so about yeah because <laughs> my character <laughs> if she didn't die she would have helped him so hard to get his stuff back oh man <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like that's uh th- there's there's fun way like most of the time i like i see i see a lot of dms talk about consequences as being you know just a a, a wicked thing to do but i'm just like I most of the time find consequences to be a fun story thing to do. Like they get me excited about what the possibilities are for the story of it and how the players will react to it. Mm. That's like my main reason why I love doing these consequences. Like in that Star Wars game, seeing the players realize what was happening and putting it together and like they they not only like had this emotional reaction of just like oh shit we caused all of this but then that emotional reaction of like well we're going to freaking fix it yeah um so that that's like some of my favorite things to do with it because i know there are like dms that do the consequences as like oh you chose to do this thing you're dead now mm. that's the, the, there, there was a meme that I saw recently that was, you know, the whole like, oh, after fifteen years, I found the scroll of the scroll of truth, um, and it said, "Killing your players is easy, keeping them alive is a challenge." <laughs> um, and I was like, I love that because that's that's how I operate with these consequences. I'm not giving them consequences to try and kill them. I realized what the rest of that sentence was going to be, and I had to pause, but it was like, uh, I, I'm I'm doing these consequences uh, to emotionally scar them.
0: <laughs> to help, you know, lend story beats, right? It's, yes, yeah, exactly. To bring drama. <laughs> it's, it's to, uh, yeah, yeah, scar them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely want to give out the impression that this is not the same as uh making your characters have consequences like punishing your characters yeah okay yeah punishment
1: there is a difference between consequences and punishment yeah because like consequences is like you're saying a living world punishment is just punishment
0: that's just the dm versus player mentality where it's like, oh, well, you guys took out my big bad so fast, so there's actually his second in command, which is, surprise, stronger than him, and you're already at half health. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's because I'm pissed off, because you, you took him out in two goes. It's like...
1: Yeah, that's punishment.
0: That's punishment. That's not a consequence. That's a punishment for something that's not their fault.
1: Yeah, a consequence of that would be there is a second in command. He knew when to take his chances, left alive, built an even bigger army, and is now coming to fuck you up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, that's a consequence.
0: Oh, you know what? I just remembered something. That exact thing happened um, because they took down the Shadowed veil. Vale. They, t- they killed Sophia's father and everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. And they got the-, the Wand of Orcus back. But in doing so, they left behind half of the Shadowed Veil vale in the Feywild.
1: Oh, geez.
0: And because this half of the Shadowed Veil didn't want to become good people. They didn't want to work for Saphir. And instead, they chose to stay behind and fed for themselves. And I'm like, hmm, that may or may not come up later again, guys.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and that's that's the sort of stuff that like I'll live for as a DM. Yeah. It's just, I, I love finding this. Like, I, I still have characters showing up uh, that are from Water Deep Dragon Heist that we finished almost two years ago. And like, I still have repercussions coming from things that they decided to do back then. <laughs> like, um, because um, uh, Alex decided to do certain things with his character, Herc. Herc's now in Avernus, like that was the character that was there that they found and was like all brainw- or brainwiped because of the uh, the what the river sticks, mm-hmm. and so it was things that he did in that campaign two years ago that caused his character to be there and is now having an emotional uh, th- uh, reaction for uh, his current character who is Herc's brother.
2: Ah.
1: So, like finding the the little connections in there and making the consequences happen to lead to where they are right now is I just I love it. I, I love doing that kind of stuff, and I love seeing the reactions that the players have when this realization comes. Of like, oh, I chose this to happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think that's the biggest thing is the difference is that like consequences are the players reaping what they sow, and then yeah. punishment is you giving them a consequence for something that isn't their fault
1: yeah yeah and i and i will be honest i've done that it was back in my fourth edition days i did it once and i felt real dirty about it Mm -hmm. Like, I I got mad at the way that two players did things, and so I set up an encounter specifically against what they normally did and almost murderfied them, and I went, that didn't feel good at all. And they didn't learn anything.
0: No, <laughs> no usually there's no... there's no The second part of Unati's, like phrase, right? Suffer and learn. Usually with punishment, yeah. it's just suffering.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? That's a really good point. Yeah, it is just when you're doing punishment, it's just suffering. Mm -hmm. There's, they're not learning anything. Like they're, they're not going to be like, oh, well our DM did this because he was mad at us. We better not do that. That's not even a cool thing to do. You don't even want to hang out with that person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I I mean, like it's uh, like social consequences. Yeah. They're like, I mentioned before, like it's a the consequences can be a great way to teach kids and it's a safe, teaching moment too because like Mm -hmm. if kids are saying like just all these if they're being totally rude to a stranger just because they're a hero in a game doesn't make it okay and so consequences can be a safe way for you to teach them this is not an okay thing to do and like they could get thrown in jail i I think it's great
1: (laughs) i think one of my favorite times with that at, at the bookstore was um there was a fighter, and this NPC who they'd been traveling with had this magic sword, and he gave it to the rogue. And the the fighter kid was just like, "Well, why didn't I get that? Like, I should be the one doing like the damage and stuff." And I had the NPC look at him and be like, "Cause you were a jerk to me earlier." Mm-hmm. And the kid was like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah."
0: Consequences can be a great way to help kind of safely teach your kids like right and wrongs, especially through a medium that can be really appreciated.
1: But I, I I do like doing that, though, but with, like, my adult group, because oh, yeah. their reaction is usually like, yeah, shit, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I deserve that.
2: <laughs>
1: like, most of the time, it just comes around to like, yeah, no, nah, you're right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> adults who make
0: these decisions, like, consciously, and we're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally being an ass right now, but I'm going to see if I can get away with it. And then they don't get away with it, and you're like, well, I didn't get away with it
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's perfect that mm-hmm. way um well i think i have talked myself out on on consequences how about you yeah co-
0: uh, you know focus on consequences not punishment
1: yeah, yeah yeah you know i I do like that consequences not punishment mm-hmm. um that's not one we can turn into a no, shirt. That'd be a weird one. <laughs> that'd be a weird one. Yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that. No. Uh Aaron suggested that we make a a, a a Boblin the Goblin shirt. Maybe we'll do that next time.
0: <laughs> I would love to, but I, I got Boblin the Goblin from many Twitter posts. So I'd like the Steve. Oh, did one you? One oh, I didn't know like, this. Hello, my name is okay. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> just have like
1: the like have this Vecna looking guy just like I am Steve. D. <laughs> 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 well actually to be okay i actually don't know if i talked about this this is a complete tangent so i i had a a kraken show up at one point and it was like mind controlling people and like they had a whole syndicate around it some of this may sound familiar to some people but it's uh-huh. okay but i i i had, I had uh had that established like way way before and I knew it was going to be that but I wanted you know my players to make stuff so I was like okay who what's the name of the person that you were working for and uh St. James goes Elizabeth (laughs) I was like what he's like their name was Elizabeth and so this Kraken's name was Elizabeth (laughs) And, and that stuck the whole time. I didn't have it be a code name or anything. That Kraken's name was Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
1: but, uh, but yeah, so I, I think that's going to do it for our consequence. If you have any of your own suggestions for how to do consequences or ones that you've done, you want to tell like a story about a consequence that you did that you thought was real cool, send those in to difficultyclass at gmail.com and we would love to talk about them on a future episode. Mm-hmm. Um. We don't have any uh, listener mail this week uh, because, again, it's very early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, but, yeah, if, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or whatnot, you can send those in difficultclassgmail.com, and we will do it in an episode where we record later in the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: um,
0: well, yeah, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice as well as telling your friends about the show. And like Trevor just said, if you'd like to questions, advice, or even stories right on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, have a good game.
2: Uh,